Welcome to Launch Left, a podcast, a label, a launchpad for left of center artists. My name is Rain Phoenix. Today's very special guest is Simone Istwa, label roster artist. And they are here to talk about their new EP, Heart Web, and most specifically, the recent single drop, So Sure, and corresponding video with James Duvall. Welcome to the show, Simone Istwa. Thank you for having me once again. Yes, that's a really good point. So we originally were introduced to you from your mom, Sam Phillips. Yeah, she birthed me to launch me. And here I am. (laughs) And I remember you saying that you had like a high fever on the day of that capture. I didn't didn't, know that, yeah. And you didn't realize that it was being filmed. (laughs) So... If anyone out there wants to go back in time and watch Sam Phillips launch a Simone Eastwall, you'll see that they look a bit listless <laughs> and that they're looking out the window and kind of look dazed on a couple of the shots. Yeah, and now we found out you had a high fever. So that totally makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know at the time. I just thought like, whoa, I feel interesting. You know, <laughs> I walk around in a dream state so much of the time that it is difficult for me to differentiate a true fever and just a feverish day. So, but now we know. <laughs> now at that time, I remember you were in school and you were really deep, it seemed, into the experimental um um, composing was more what you were talking about. Maybe I'm uh, mistaken, but you also weren't totally sure you, like I didn't get the, and you can correct me here, but I didn't get the indication that you were all in for music at that time. Definitely. I mean, growing up with family members who make music, I didn't intend to ever, I kept getting pulled in the direction of making music, but I didn't intend to do it as a career. Um, because I didn't want to ruin it for myself. And also because I was, I was really insecure. I wasn't sure of myself and um, going to music school, doing the traditional thing that proves that you can make music really just made me want to um, fuck it up even more. So even though I was going to school for experimental music, or that's what I wanted to focus on the experimental sound practices program at the school I went to. um, And I was interested in, in composition, I, I, I'm kind of a contrarian. And when that had to be my focus, I instead was drawn to making, um, at that time, a rock musical. So that's really what, what brought me into making song form music in a real way, um, not just writing songs in my bedroom and throwing them away, which was most of my youth up until, and probably up until that point too. Um, I was making more like ambient music and noise, um, but yeah, so that the first musical thing I attempted was like a big orchestral rock musical, rock opera kind of thing. And then from there, I've sort of settled into a bunch of different genres. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. You know, at what point did you kind of move into song forms, like like you say? But now instead, I will ask you, I'll go back a little ways and just ask, how did music, music find you? Good. Well, I grew up listening to a lot of soul, actually. My mom sort of just played 60s pop music, and I could I could listen to a song as a little kid, so I'm a little 
it's different now, but as a little kid, I could listen to a song once, like um, all cried out and I could know every single word. And I was really into the drama and conflama of like the crazy arrangements. She'd play a lot of like Herb Alpert. Um, and I also liked country folk. I always loved music, but I, I thought I wanted to be a writer. So um, sort of like the, the inverse of Lou Reed saying that Street Hassle was like a Raymond Chandler novel. I wanted to make, I wanted to write something as good as Street Hassle or something. Like I was sort of trying to access music through writing, but I wrote songs all the time. And I think it was in the sixth grade, it was sort of a game changer when I started listening to jazz. And then on the other end of the spectrum, I started listening to Elliot Smith because I was, um, I got a hand-me-down iPod that had a bunch of my my stepdad's music on it actually I think and maybe my mom's but um but yeah it was really basic stuff but like the first the first three Elliot Smith records I fell in love with the record Roman Candle um and I I loved how much space there was I I also started listening to Daniel Johnston things that were really really simple um but felt really huge um it's almost like you listen to like Walking the Cow by Daniel Johnston. You feel like there's an orchestra behind him. There's just so much implied. And I, that was magical. Maybe I wouldn't art have articulated it the same way then. But um, I remember that I I went to my mom and was like, Elliot Smith blew my mind. Like, I want to, you know, one day I want to be as good as Elliot Smith. I want to meet Elliot Smith. And she was like, Simone, he's he's dead. And I was devastated. Like, I was beyond devastated. but that was really my first, um, my first little steps into like more contemporary alternative music, because before that it was pretty much 1920s to 1950s jazz, country folk, and like funk and soul, just stuff you, and like the, you know, the Beatles, like stuff you hear around the house. Um, yeah. So Elliot Smith was probably my first little, and then like Radiohead, you know, the, the first right. step. Would you say that your earlier musical influence has to do with, you know, your dad being T-Bone Burnett, your mom being Sam Phillips, and the music they listened to, like you said, in the house? My assumption is you grew up in music studios. Like you actually grew, like were a baby probably through most of the records that your dad made and your mom made. Is that true? Yeah, I remember feeling a lot of, well, it was normal to me, but I also could, I, I learned really early on a lot about power dynamics because I would watch my mom and my dad be in very different positions in the recording process. Um, and I always wanted to be the center of attention. So it was difficult for me going to shows and being in the studio because um, I would, as like a little kid, I would cry because I wanted to be on stage or I would cry because my mom was singing and I wanted to sing, which was I'm sure very obnoxious. So there's many times where like an assistant engineer or a runner would have to like escort me out of the studio and try to entertain me somehow. And oftentimes that was like sitting me in front of a computer or whatever, a confuser and, you know, letting me play video games or something. But yeah, I always had, I, I knew, I think children know where the power is. They start practicing um, power dynamics really early, like playing house or playing war, or playing capture the flag. And, I think the maybe my exposure, the industry exposure that I had, it took a lot of dismantling over the years to come to a place where I could find my own identity with me within music that maybe wasn't in the same area as them. So me being unsure for so long of what I wanted to do in music, what I wanted to say, 
was I think largely due to me becoming disillusioned with with that. Not to say that like making music in that way is not good, but I needed to find my own path. And I didn't necessarily want to do it in a traditional way. And I didn't really want to be told by a producer what to do. Um, but now in the age of like laptop music and home studios, that's all really changed. But when I was a really little kid, that was still barely happening, or like at least it wasn't as as common as prevalent. So um, yes, I hope that answered your question. It's very important for any artist to to find their voice. But I really love that you were very clear on what you what you want to do right now. Right yeah. now, like I, I always caveat is right now, you know. Yeah, yeah. It has it always has to start with what you don't want, right? So I think right. when we did that podcast, um, I was in a place of this is what I don't want, and I I definitely am naturally maybe a little, as I said, a bit of a contrarian or um, like take a little bit of joy in being sort of antagonizing, and um, I think this EP Heartweb is is less of that. It's actually it's much more similar to the music I made before in the privacy of a mental state that was like this will never see the light of day, you know, like um which feels extra vulnerable. Um I'm pretty on edge having these knowing these songs are going to be out in the world because they're extremely stripped of of play, you know, they're not as playful maybe with the exception of a couple um aspects of a couple tracks they're 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 pretty raw and they're not um candy coated in themes or uh like you know I do like genre play like it's like cosplaying genres um which is also me being interested in knowing how to make different kinds of music that maybe isn't like natural to me or maybe I don't even like which I like doing a lot this is very straightforward music. I This is an EP I would have loved to make it 16, but probably never thought I could. So it's fulfilling that. <laughs> and yeah, so sure. That video is so... It reminds me of my 16-year-old self and the bands I was into when I was 16 and the, the drama of love and loss and all those things that when you're 16 are so consequential. That video totally uh, brought up nostalgia for me like that. And that's, to me, the mark of a good piece of art. So speaking of which, I think we might even have your video mates here. Welcome, uh, James and Nina, to the show. I would love for you guys to just talk about the video and collaborating together um, and how you all met. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know how it went with reaching out to James, but all I know is when it was confirmed and, like, I started sort of, like, once we shot everything and I sent it, was sending little, like, BTS photos to my friends, they were like, how the fuck did you get James Duvall in your video? And I was like, ah, Rain fucking handled it, I don't know. But then <laughs> I met just at my house, you know. I'm so flattered you asked me. Like you even know, like, because I consider like get stuff to be a little obscure. You know, I'm kind of like the obscure actors actor, and uh, in my know. world, it's not obscure. In my world, I feel like <laughs> movies are like a a big part. I mean, it's like you know the queers, the queers love <laughs> love that shit. So yeah, we definitely part of our parlance and the way we talk about movies is like starting from. Um, people who revolutionized queer cinema, like Rocky, you know? Yeah, I mean, certainly, like, 
I, at the time, I remember him being definitely, which is what I picked up from him. And I, and I learned a lot, which I still carry with me this day, but staying true to yourself, being proud of being an outsider, if that's who you were and that's what the truth was, and you should be proud of the truth. There's nothing wrong with that. And yeah, to sing it loud and proud. And so, you know, again, it's like, a, I think it comes kind of full circle because your music too, you know, for me, music is always the thing has always motivated me and inspired me to do everything that I do. Music is the basis for it. Film, writing, acting, all of it. And your song really is like a, it's straight out of an unreleased Gregor Rocky soundtrack. That's so, that makes me so and happy. It's so heartachingly beautiful from the moment I heard it. And it just, you know, it soared. It just, it just took me somewhere else. And then to have a chance to work with, you know, an incredible director like Nina and watching the, what we made together afterwards, I got to say, I was really kind of, you know, I was moved while we were filming it, quite honestly. You know, and it all came back when I was watching it. And it was a wonderful feeling. Again, you know, thank you for having, you know, for inviting me to be a part of it. I'm humbled. What was it like, Nina and Simone, when you first met? Uh, and, and how did it come? How did the idea for the video come to be? It was pretty simple and easy, I would say, when we first met Simone. I don't know, it didn't, we just kind of slid into the, you know, the vibe of working together and we were collaborating on the idea from the get-go and I had a lot of fun going to the beach with you and shooting with you at that house. James was there as well. So the, honestly, it didn't really feel like a job at all. Uh, you know, I, I'm almost just like, did I did I work on a video for Simone? Because it just felt like we were it just felt like we were just filming and making art, and then we went on a field trip to the beach with Simone's dog. Like that's all that's all we did. So, you know, Simone, you you were such a huge collaborator on that edit as well, and I think you you know brought it to life too. So I just felt like we were working on it together from the get go. You know, I feel yeah, I I feel the exact same way. It was it was. Like, I feel like we both came to the table with a good amount of ideas. And Nina was an amazing listener and very patient while I babbled about things I liked. Um, and I think, yeah, just coming up with a little bit of like an outline of what it was going to be. But um, but keeping it being open. So like so many of the shots that I thought were amazing weren't planned. And the beach stuff was really natural. Like I had had this idea of running with Ludo, my dog. Never pictured it on the beach, but it, it actually ended up being the beach where um, my mom used to go as a teenager with her, like, with her boyfriend, the exact spot where they used to, I guess she would watch him surf in the early 80s. It was so bizarre. So it, she was really emotional watching it, and it was pretty clandestine and magical because my dog is my best friend and my soul partner, and just a lot of cool, magical coincidences happening. So yeah, it was just a pleasure. And it was easy, like Nina said. It did not feel like work at all. It was like-minded people coming together who I think, you know, have the same kind of or similar, if not the same idea and outlook on things. And it made it very easy for us. It was seamless to collaborate. It was so seamless. Yeah. I couldn't ask for anything more. It's so cool, guys. You like you're like a commercial for Launch Left. This is like all that we care about is collaboration over competition and growing kindness in the artist community. And you're just literally talking about that. And so, I'm very happy to have been any part of this and and love this uh, 
song and video so very much. And thank you all for what you did contribute. Hello, I'm Simone Eastwa, and this is my new video for HeartWeb, So Sure.
Launch Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields.